It's the random acts of Facebook advertising that people do. So it's where they kind of go, oh, Facebook's told me that this is doing really well. It's telling me to boost it. And so they just boost it with out having a real good strategy around it. So they're looking at each of the ads that they're doing in isolation and they're not considering some of the other important factors like, you know, what the landing page they're sending them to or what are they doing in the back end after someone engages in their ads so that they'll increase their return on ad spend in terms of the lifetime value of the customer. So they're kind of just doing these random acts of Facebook advertising with no long-term growth strategy in mind. That's the voice of Lauren Bartley, a digital marketing specialist from Melbourne, Australia, the founder of the Click Engage Convert Conference and her agency, Impactivate. And in this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, we're diving into the world of Facebook advertising. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 121. Thanks for joining me today. If you're new here, thanks very much for tuning in. And if you're joining me again, because you've listened before, welcome back. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Facebook advertising. Now, shout out if you love Facebook ads. Yep, I feel a bit like that too. Facebook advertising can be can be complicated, can be difficult, and in particular, can be hard to ensure that you're actually getting a return on ad spend. And that's something that we're going to dive into in today's episode. My guest today is Lauren Bartley, a digital marketing strategist and a very busy entrepreneur with three children and three businesses. And she says she wouldn't want it any other way. Her digital marketing agency, Impactivate, takes clients from earning $20,000 per month from Facebook ads when doing it themselves to over $100,000 per month when they're working with Impactivate. And in 2018, Lauren launched the Click Engage Convert Conference, Australia's premier digital marketing conference and an event that I've been fortunate enough to speak at for the last two years. Now, if you were listening to episode 120 last week of the podcast, I shared an extract from my presentation at this year's, the 2019 Click Engage Convert Conference. And I also shared with you an opportunity for you to get access to all the recordings from that conference, all the video recordings as part of the virtual ticket. So no matter where you are in the world, if you weren't at the Click Engage Convert Conference, you're still able to get access to all of the learning that happened at this amazing event, including my presentation and Lauren's presentation, among many others. And you can access that virtual ticket right now at engagevideomarketing.com slash CEC. I'm going to share more about the virtual ticket at the end of this interview. But first, I want to bring to you my chat with Lauren Bartley all about Facebook advertising and how we can ensure that we're getting a return on ad spend for any investment we're putting into Facebook advertising. Let's get into the chat. G'day, Lauren. Welcome to the show. 
It's great to be here, Ben. I'm very glad that you're joining us today. So in the introduction there, I mentioned that one of many things that you do is is you founded the Click Engage Convert Conference, which happens every year in Melbourne here in Australia. And I've been fortunate to speak at that event twice. Um, so uh, I've got to know you over those years and I really wanted to bring you on the show. Both we'll, we'll get to talking a little bit about your conference later, but I also want to really just dive deep with you in the world of Facebook ads because I know that's your zone of genius. So um, let's get into it, hey? Yeah, great. And can I just say, Ben, you didn't just speak at our conference. You were one of our most highly rated speakers both years. So everyone that's listening to this podcast, you know, they've got one of the tops. Uh, awesome. <laughs> well, that's great feedback. Thanks very much for that. Um, big head going on over here right now. So look, for those people that haven't come across you before, Lauren, can you give us a bit of your backstory? What led you into what you do in the world of digital marketing today? Yeah, so I suppose I've always been an early adopter of new stuff. I love bright, shiny objects and chasing after them. And when social media first came on the scene, I was one of those people that was like, oh, what's this? I need to check this out. I'd always been fairly techie. I'd always been into marketing and I'd always love to teach. So suddenly all my three kind of loves when it comes to business collided. And I started down the road of, you know, when Facebook first came been, I suppose, a social media consultant, I think is what I was calling myself back there and an educator and a teacher. And I had online training programs and all that type of thing. And then once it started to grow in terms of business usage and the capabilities for business and things like Facebook advertising came about, I really started to diving into it deep and, and learning and testing and, and then just people started to gravitate towards me. And, and that's kind of how my digital marketing agency started. And at first I was like, I just want to teach. I just want to teach. I don't want to do any of this stuff. And then I just had so many people coming to me saying, oh, that's awesome, but can you do it for me? And that's how I then kind of went, well, this isn't sustainable. Me just doing it for all these people. And the education side of things was kind of falling away a little because I was doing it for so many people that I just went, look, I need to build an, you know, some sort of a business around this, a team. And, you know, now I have Impactivate, my digital marketing agency, where there's, I think we've got eight at the moment. It's, it's fluctuating <laughs> a little bit and growing. And we, you know, provide digital marketing services for, for our clients, predominantly leading with Facebook ads, but actually getting the results because of all of the other awesome things that we do. So I suppose, you know, I'm a digital marketing strategist and I'm just one of those people who's good at auditing businesses and working out what they need to do to get a better return on investment for their digital marketing efforts. And that's in terms of their time, their money, and in particular their energy, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's such a big thing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you've mentioned there around that, that return on investment is, is really important. And that's something that I want to dive into much deeper in this interview today. But when it comes to Facebook ads, I mean, I, I don't know exactly, or maybe you can help me out here, like how long Facebook ads have been a, a thing that businesses have been able to, to tap into. Do you know how long that's been? When did they first introduce Facebook ads? So I started my digital marketing agency back in 2011 and I think yeah. it was probably within the first two years that I was playing with them. So it was somewhere yeah. around in that period, but I'm, I'm not sure to be honest. So, I mean, certainly it's been a tool that's that's in a business's toolkit for a while now. And I think one of the 
the big problems that I see with Facebook ads is is Facebook makes it too darn easy for people to to get in there and start spending money. I mean, that's good for Facebook, right? But potentially not good for business owners that are just diving in and and not getting a return on investment. So what do you see as the biggest most common mistakes that you see businesses make when they when they have a go at Facebook ads? Well, you kind of alluded to it there and it's 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 the random acts of Facebook advertising that people do. So it's where they kind of go, oh, Facebook's told me that this is doing really well. It's telling me to boost it. And so they just boost it without having a real good strategy around it. So they're looking at each of the ads that they're doing in isolation and they're not considering some of the other important factors like, you know, what it's the landing page they're sending them to or what are they doing in the back end after someone engages in their ads so that they'll increase their return on ad spend in terms of the lifetime value of the customer. So they're kind of just doing these random acts of Facebook advertising with no long-term growth strategy in mind. They're not testing what they're doing. They're just blurting out these messages of buy my stuff and they're focusing on sales rather than audience building. So you know, trying to sell into cold audiences, you know, the first thing, and I know you talked about this in your presentation at Click Engage Convert, where you talked about the need to build that relationship and not, hmm. you know, on the first date, try to marry them. But yeah. that's what a lot of people are doing with their Facebook ads. And it does work to an extent with impulse buys and e-commerce, but for most of the service-based businesses, you know, people need to get to know, like, and trust you. And they're not going to do that in, you know, this one ad that suddenly interrupts them in their newsfeed that is saying, you know, hey, look at me, I want you to buy this thing. It, it's it's not going to work for, for you. So there has been a big change in Facebook ads over the years and it is getting more expensive. It is more of a pay-to-play pay, pay environment. So people have to look at where's the best way to use my money if I'm going to be doing it. And usually it's earlier on in the funnel. And you know, things like list building or even just audience building in terms of getting people to engage with you at least once, whether it's watching a video, visiting a website or, or engaging with that content so that you can retarget them once they've kind of put their hand up and said, hey, that looked interesting as the first time I've ever seen you. Now, I, I, you know, I, I would like to see more stuff. And then you can retarget those people with different messages in the same way that with video content, the first video you, you will um, present to them ideally would be some sort of awareness building video. And then later on down the track, you'd move more towards the tri the conversion type videos. Yeah. So it's interesting. So many people come to me and go, Facebook ads don't work. I tried them. <laughs> and, and, and usually my response is that's because Facebook ads don't work the way that you're trying to use them. I think what the problem potentially where it stems from is, is for, for business owners or business people, they're thinking of advertising in that interruptive form, which is, you know, you think advertising, you think of your traditional type of broadcast or print advertising, which is the idea of, you know, get a message in front of people and try and sell to them, right? That's what an advert is in most people's minds. So when you think Facebook advertising, that's what they think that they should be doing. Yeah. But really, I, you know, I, I think Facebook advertising you, you need to think of it more as amplification of a message, right? You're using mm -hmm. a, an advertising platform and maybe advertising is the wrong term, but it is the, is what it is. Um, it, the best way to use it is to pay to amplify a message into in front of the right people so yep. that it, it actually can be heard. And what you've said there, which is so critical, is that getting that message right and not just trying to sell, sell, sell is is 
critical. So those people who are saying that Facebook ads don't work because I hear it, you hear it, um, you know, what would you what would you say to those people, perhaps who are saying or believing it doesn't work? So they're just thinking that you know I don't even need to do Facebook advertising. You know, do you think that business owners should be on Facebook? Should they be advertising, or what do you say to those people? Well, it really depends because it depends if they're willing to do it for the long game and not do random acts of of Facebook advertising. So I mentioned before that, you know, it's getting harder in terms of getting cut through on Facebook, both organically and paid. You're getting less organic reach. Um, More people are turning to ads as the answer because it is becoming more of a a pay to play environment. The competition's therefore increasing in, you know, the ad world in terms of the amount of real estate that Facebook actually has to put your ads into and therefore ad costs are rising. So it is actually a really easy way to lose money if you don't know what you're doing. So I would say for those people that haven't done it before and aren't really interested in at least finding out the basics, you, you might be better saving your money and, and looking at other options. However, if you're willing to, you know, invest in your learning or at least, um, you know, listen to things like these podcasts so you get the basics, then you do have an amazing opportunity in front of you. So one of the things, whilst I kind of paint the picture of, you know, it's getting harder, it's also never, ever, 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 ever going to be as cheap as it is right now to target your your ideal customer using Facebook ads because it's only going to go up. So if you wait any longer, it's going to get even more expensive. So you're going to slip even further behind your competitors who are already gaining a competitive advantage now because they're using Facebook ads. So you're also then missing out on the great things that come up the back of Facebook ads in terms of building a highly targeted audience of your ideal customers that you can nurture over time. Because we all know that, you know, building an email list, for example, it's like, it's the life but of your business. So Facebook really does provide the best method of building a highly targeted audience that you can ever imagine. I mean, we, you, you know, you know it yourself then as, as users of Facebook, we give Facebook so much data and it, we, as business owners, that is fantastic. Even though it's a bit creepy as um, users, as business owners, it's so good because that means that we can target people, you know, specifically based on their interests, their behaviors, their demographics, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, you know, actually, I just thought of something there. I get so many people that go, "Yeah, but that's that." My, my people aren't on Facebook, so you know, it, it, it it's no use to me. And it's like, no, it still is because chances are, at least a subset and probably a significant subset of that audience are. And even if they're not, Facebook now, I mean, Facebook owns Instagram, and there's a whole heap of other third-party platforms that you can use Facebook advertising to target. So even if you think, oh, they're not on Facebook, well, they probably are. And if they've visited your website and they haven't opted in and they haven't left some other form of of um, communication or way, way that you can communicate with them in future, like filled in a contact form or, you know, download a resource or something like that, then you can retarget them using the Facebook ad pixel, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, or some other third-party site. So there's just like the opportunity to get in front of these people that, you know, aren't walking into your business is just massive. And I suppose it always will be, but it will get more and more expensive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it simply can't be ignored. And I think, as I mentioned before, Facebook is they, they make it easier and easier to use use their ads platform, which obviously increases their capacity to 
for people to spend money on their platform. But it is also yep. getting more complicated as well with more and more choices uh, as far as like ad types and ways to set up ads and um, even different creative options for your ads as well, whether it be video ads, obviously is something that, that I'm passionate about, but you know, they're what, carousels, there are lead ads there. I mean, I, I'm not going to list them all, but Lauren, can you help us navigate what, what you think are the most effective or the best types of ads for people to be running? Or is, is that too big, a, too big a question? Well, it's an interesting one. It's like that, how long is a piece of string thing? It really, it, it depends. So it's going to depend on your objective first and foremost. So, you know, what are you actually trying to achieve out of this? Do you just want people to watch the video and consume the content? Do you want them to, you know, go into um, another, like click through, you know, what's, what do you want them to purchase something? So you've got to kind of think of that because that's going to inform what's going to be, you know, best fit to use. It's also the content, like what content do you actually have available for you? If you not, if you don't have good video or you're not good at video, then don't force yourself to do video if it, if it's not going to be any good <laughs> because mm -hmm. potentially, you know, you might be really good at creating really highly engaging images. And if that's the case, then use that because it's likely to perform better. Uh, you also need to consider who your audience is and how they're likely to respond to the different creatives that you're using. And I suppose you also need to know where the campaign sits in your overall ad strategy. So videos are really good at the beginning of um, a campaign in terms of getting firstly attracting attention in the newsfeed and then secondly to start to educate your audience position your audience and get them to know like and trust you and then they're also like really good towards the end of the funnel when we're doing things like, you know, it's the end of a cart closing or something like that, where you, you want to use something that might even just be an animate, a short animated gift that uh, gift, gift, can't even say the word gift that's driving them, um, you know, to the sales page. So the creative is going to kind of, I suppose, change a bit. And I suppose my advice to everyone on this is you just need to split test and see what's going to work for you. Yeah. So, you know, split test images versus video split test, even within that split test your images to see, is it best to have polished stock images or is it better to have real people or should we go products, you know, split test products against people? Do we test the length of the video? You know, to, is it long that's working short and, and, and then, you know, things like copy. So is it long versus short or is it the hook that you're using? Because it could be that that's the thing that's letting you add down. And you really don't know until you, until you test these things. And that was one of the things that's probably going back about a year or so now, you know, we, we just stumbled across emojis <laughs> like you know who'd have thought but we 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 did a split test where we did exactly the same ad but we put emojis in one and we didn't put it in the other and the emoji one so far outperformed the others and we're like yeah. oh my god really how is that possible so we started putting more emojis in things but then we realized for some clients the emojis just didn't work. So you can't kind of say this is the creative that's going to work and this is what doesn't work because it does vary significantly. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. And when, like with the idea of split testing and practically, would you recommend that people use the, I think it's called dynamic creative. It's basically the tool within Facebook ads that allows people to set up split tests or how, how do you guys run that? Do you use that sort of functionality? Uh, 
Generally not. Generally, we just, we go in because we, um, you know, we map it all out for our clients in a document and we then will, um, you know, they'll go off and they'll approve it and all that kind of stuff. And it's by that time, it's easy for us to just cut and paste everything across. But we like to, I suppose, a bit old school, we just duplicate campaigns and then modify them and do those types of things. But testing Yes, you should be doing it, testing it at the advertising level, but you should also be testing this stuff before you actually advertise. And that's Mm. what a lot of people don't think about. And so when you're just posting organically, pay attention to what's working and what's not working. And I always say, you know, invest in your unicorns and ditch the donkeys. So when you get those unicorn posts that just perform really well, go and analyze that and say, what is that that was really good? And you know, what are the, what, start to pull out some common uh, elements. And if you're doing that before you're advertising, you're going to just get better results once you do start advertising. Yeah, that's really good. Invest in the unicorns and ditch the donkeys. Yeah. I like that. I think when it comes to split testing as well, some, sometimes I, I've come across people that overcomplicate things as well so that then the split test becomes, you, you kind of, can't analyze where the results are really coming from. Yeah, actually, you know, like having too many variations of something, right? And that's a really good point because some people can't split test because their budgets are just too small. So one of the things you need to understand with Facebook advertising is that they have this brilliant algorithm that they apply to their ads platform that determines, you know, which ads they want to show up in the newsfeed because they want us to have a positive experience when we go to to Facebook, whether that be the organic content or the paid content. And they actually want the paid content to enhance the platform. So what they do is they use their their algorithms to determine which ads are actually more effective in terms of achieving your objective and providing a positive user experience. And that's why, you know, on all of the ads, people can report negative feedback and that's going to influence your um, reach and the cost of your ads and all that kind of stuff. So what, when we're looking at um, our ads, you know, going out, we've actually also got to consider that whole factor of what split testing that Facebook's actually going to be doing for us behind the scenes in terms of deciding which one's going to work for us and which ones are not as well. So it's kind of, when you said before, you know, is it getting harder for people from an advertising point of view? It's kind of also getting a little bit easier because people, you know, they come to us because we had the expertise in terms of knowing what works and what didn't work. And then we were just accordingly. But now the algorithms are doing that for you. So it's actually, to an extent, becoming easier for people to split test. But at the same time, if you're not giving Facebook enough data in terms of spending enough so that enough people are taking what is your desired objective so that the algorithm can learn so that it knows what to do, then Facebook's still kind of guessing. And so I suppose the thing is, if you you really need to be spending at least $20 a day on your Facebook ads before you can consider split testing. And I've seen people who've tried to run ads for, you know, a dollar, five dollars, and they want, you know, 10 variations of their ads. And it's like, do the maths on that. Hmm. You know, if you're spending 10, you know, $5 across 10 variations, that's like 50 cents a day per ad you're not going to be getting the results that you want. So I suppose it's, you have to kind of weigh up the benefits of, of 
over, like don't overcomplicate it by doing too much split testing if you just don't have the budget for it to be effective for anyone. Yeah, cool. Good advice. I think, um, as we mentioned before as well, you know, Facebook, the advertising platform allows you to run ads on different platforms, including Instagram and, and you know, other messaging uh, services and things like Facebook Messenger and that sort of thing as well. So the, the different opportunities for where your ads can go is pretty wide and varied these days. Mm. You know, what do you say to people when it comes to choosing placements? And I think a lot of people probably would default in just saying, yeah, yeah, stick my ad everywhere and just choosing <laughs> all the placements. And obviously that's not necessarily the most effective way to go about it. So... Um, how, how do you recommend that people go about choosing where their ads should be shown? Yeah, so it has a lot to do with the content and particularly when we're talking about video, which I know a lot of your audience will be interested in. And that is that if you're going to be uh, sharing video, how's it been shot? Is it being shot in a format that is going to be able to be modified for the different placements? And if it's not, or if, or if it's going to show up looking pretty rubbish in those placements, then just turn those placements off, or you could get super advanced and actually shoot for each of the placements, which was, you know, if you're doing some high level marketing, you would definitely want to be doing that. And so I suppose you have to consider that whole thing of, you know, if you want to put it in the newsfeed, well then, I mean, these, I usually don't say, oh, do it this size or these dimensions, but square seems to work well, like across most of the clients that we're dealing with. So if, and that also works on Instagram. So newsfeed on Instagram and, and, um, Facebook squares great, but if you want to be in stories, then you really, you know, you need to be portrait. So, and most people don't shoot portrait. So yeah. it's, it's, it's really important that you kind of consider that and just turn off those ones that, that, that the content's not going to look any good in because it's just going to impact your results. But I suppose it's also a case of going, well, you know, it goes back to what I was saying before, like test it, test it, see what works. And, um, and oh, oh, actually, there's one more thing I wanted to say there. If you're running a Facebook ad where the most, imp- and, you, and it's got video content in it, and the most important thing is the thing that's coming out of your mouth, <laughs> please make sure you're using subtitles, please. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Or at least text call outs that are kind of giving some value because no one's going to sit there and watch a talking head when they can't hear what's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I think, you know, what you've touched on there about, um, you know, creating creative video content for uh, designed for advertising to do it in a, in a, or create variations that are native to your different uh, intended placements, I think is just so powerful and so underutilized by, by so many, uh, so many people using video, video yep. ads. And uh, that's, that is where you can stand out when a video ad is shown and it, it's, you know, created distinctly for vertical, you know, nine by 16 video, it, it stands out and people don't do enough of that. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah, I'm totally. really interested totally. to, yeah, go ahead. Go. Oh, no, I was going to say when you said that also, if you're going to put it in stories, then you also want to change like the text and the, you know, elements that you're putting on it that people are going to expect in stories. Yeah. So, you, you know, you can't be too polished. Like this is some great professional production that, you, you know, you're doing if you're putting in stories, because that's live content that people, you know, usually are posting or that's what it was kind of intended for initially. And so, you know, posting in the moment and then it disappears. So you need to make it look like it actually 
fits in there. But one of the things we need to also consider when we're putting text on videos is that Facebook does actually penalise you if you have too much text on your videos, particularly um, in the thumbnail. So I've had a lot of videos for clients that have been rejected because there's too much text. And all we did is went and changed the, ta- the thumbnail so it had no text in it at all and then it got approved. So I really wanted to share that hack with your listeners. Absolutely. That's a, that's a critical hack. And hopefully Facebook doesn't figure out a way to analyze the actual text content in the video because then we would be screwed. Yeah. It doesn't um, work but, every time, but most times. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that they are just referring to the thumbnail that's chosen mm-hmm. um, or uploaded. I don't think that they're analysing the frames of the video for text content at this stage, although that may be down the track. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, cool. I want to. I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about you know, particularly for our audience who are using video uh, in their advertising. Obviously, the video is one part creating the video, using those that advice that you shared there is, is critical, but then there's also the headline. There's also the copy text as well in most placements. So can you talk to us around, you know, how video advertisers can consider making the most of the textual elements that go around the, the video ad? Yep. So definitely in terms of making sure that you've you've filled in those bits below the video that are going to show up and using things like buttons where you can get people to learn more and to, you know, so that they're likely to click through. One of the problems with video is that if people click on it and, you know, it opens up and as a full screen type experience in an ad, then, you know, quite often, and it's not in all placements, but quite often like your call to action goes away. So <laughs> you've mm. got, it's, it, it's, it, it's a little bit difficult in that regard, but I suppose the other thing is that if someone's got the, if, if you've grabbed their attention through the video, then you need to one, have a, a, a hopefully a good call to action within the video that makes them want to take the next step, but also have the accompanying copy that explains that because your video might be, you know, maybe it's a minute long and maybe I've only got 15 seconds of attention I'm willing to give you. And so if you can, if I can look at that and go, oh, that seems interesting and then just read what it was about and go, oh yeah, okay, cool. I'm interested in that. I'll click through or do whatever. You're more likely to take that next step. But some people, you know, they, they don't put enough attention into the, the copy and they think the video is going to do all the work, but just know that, you know, on Facebook, the drop-off rate after about three seconds, it's like a cliff. So you do have to have, well, one, really get them engaged early. And then two, knowing that they're probably going to move away, use the other real estate you've got available to you around the ad to try and um, get them to take whatever your desired action is. Yeah, cool. That's that's really good. I kind of see the the headline, particularly of, of the video ad, as your second chance to hook people. Mm. Um, and I do I do say second chance because the the hook should be visual in your video ad. So in your first couple of seconds of your of your ad, really your opening frames yep. should be should be the hook. Should be something that's going to stop the thumb from scrolling past. Yeah, um, and and movement and, in that is is a really good. Um, thing to have, because mm. if you're if you're just static at the beginning of the video, it's a bit boring. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and humanizing it as well. While we're while we're talking about the hook, there uh, having a human face is much more effective than having you know just text or a logo and you know that kind of thing on on the screen. So people people engage with 
people and, and other humans' eyes, you know. So yep. I, I, I strongly recommend having a human hook is is more powerful as well. Yeah. But then, yeah, go ahead. Sarah. I was going to say, but don't underestimate the power of just creating something really simple that's just there to attract their attention. So, you know, tools like Canva now allow you to create animated GIFs which you can export as videos and they only go for, you know, I think about 10 or 15 seconds maybe and they're really good just attention grabbers to put out there so don't always think that your your video has to be high production or take a long time or or have you in it there's lots of simple ways that you you know using tools like wave um, wave.video and other things like that which is going to make it really easy for you to just do more video content because I think that's one of the the big things is that video content works really well organically and in ads so you know do more of it yeah, absolutely. You're preaching to the choir here, Lawrence. Yeah, I know that. Love it, <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, so let's talk about. You know, we we mentioned before how um, how the the cost of running Facebook ads is going up, and um, you mentioned before we got on um, on the call here around. You know, right now is the time of recording. I think it's it's Black Friday. You know, so sales people, everyone's trying to sell everything right now, um, particularly in in, in America, and. Um, you know, the costs of ads also fluctuates, you know, around times like this and around the holidays, it's going to be expensive to run ads. So how can we, when we are running ads, how can we capitalize on our return on ad spend? In other words, what are some tips that you can share so that if we're investing in ads, that we can get the most bang for our buck? Yeah. And you raise a really good point because most of our clients around this time of the year, they're turning their ads off and they can do that. And it doesn't impact their sales because they've done all the work in the off season. So mm-hmm. this is something that a lot of people just don't consider. They go, oh, I want to sell this thing. Let's turn on the ads. And by that time, it's probably a little bit too late. So there's there's a few things that you know you need to be doing and that's, that's you know, building your list and, um, you know, engaging with them through content over time. But then you also need to kind of, even before you, you know, hopefully well before you want to sell, you want to be standing back and, and taking a look at your Facebook ads from more of a holistic point of view. And the first thing I always, we always do with our clients, and th- sometimes this is the reason that we choose not to work with them, is we start with their offer. And we say, well, what is it that you actually want to sell? And is it something that, you know, actually is proven that, you know, that people want to buy it? <laughs> because if if you can't, if you can't demonstrate that before you start selling ads, you're probably going to struggle. And then looking at, okay, so let's say that the product or the service that you're wanting to promote is actually something that you're confident or have proof that people want it. So where are you trying to sell it? So you're trying to sell it on your website. Hopefully you've got a landing page for it and you're not sending them to your homepage. And so then we kind of look with our clients, we go, okay, before we're going to turn your ads on, we want to go and look at that landing page. You know, how quickly is it loading? You know, what's the design like? Does it have all the information it needs? Does it have too much information? Like is, how's the copy? Is that is the copy written in a way that it's more likely to convert? Is it congruent with what you want to do with your ads? Uh, does it have just a single call to action? Because you'd be surprised how many people run, run ads to just pages that it's like, oh my God, what am I meant to do when I get here? And so, you know, what else can you be doing 
on that page to, if we're going to get people to purchase, to increase, you know, particularly in e-commerce, the average order value. So that's one of the things we've done really well with a lot of our e-commerce clients is we've looked at what plugins they've got and we've gone like, there's no reviews here. There's no social proof. There's no people also bought this. There's no exit intent opt-in pop-up with discount codes. Like you've paid to get people to that, that, that page. And if they don't want the thing and they're going to bounce away, you've, you've effectively, you haven't wasted your money because you can retarget them with, you know, now that they're visited there from the Facebook pixel, but how much more valuable would they be for you if, if they left their email address? So, so that they're the kind of things that will increase the lifetime value of the customer. And then it's, it's also got to be things like your, your email marketing. So when I said our clients have turned their ads off over the Black Friday period, that's because now the full focus is on email marketing. So, you know, and, and quite often when a client comes to us and, and, um, they tell us they're on MailChimp, I'm sorry to anyone who's on MailChimp, (laughs) (laughs) but one of the first things we do is, is get them off it because they pay all this money to get people onto their list. And then the deliverability issues that they're having with that platform is just like, you know, they're wasted half of those leads because they're not ending up in people's inboxes or the, they're not, they're not serving them with, you know, dynamic content. So particularly, let's say if you're a, if you've got an e-commerce site and you're, you know, um, selling products, uh, the ability to integrate it with whatever system you're selling and to be able to go, Oh, we know who this person is. So in the email, we're going to send them the, the jumpers, not the pants, because we know that they always buy jumpers or, um, you know, or a skincare range. And it's like, well, hang on a second. I can see that you purchased this product six months ago. And we know that the expiry date on this product is six months. So we need to be emailing you again to say, Hey, your, your skincare products now, you know, out of date or something like that. So it's the better follow follow up that people do that really is where that the the return on investment for your ad spend comes in. So if you're just looking at it and you run an ad and you go, oh that didn't work, that cost me a fortune. Like sometimes and, and quite often people do that because they'll um, let's say they do an opt-in and they do an opt-in, people opt in for the webinar, let's say they watch the webinar and then they, they, at the end of the webinar, they have an offer and then, you know, a small percentage of those people purchase. And then they go, Oh, great. Like I spent more on ads than I did on the number of people that purchase. And then they kind of give up on it. And it's like, uh, uh-uh, let's go back and let's see what else we can do to, to bring these people, you know, is it something else we need to offer them? Is it just that they're not ready and we need to nurture them further and maybe they'll purchase next time we, we launch and, and looking at the bigger picture rather than just looking at one ad campaign in isolation. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you brought that, brought that up. And, you know, a phrase that I regularly use is everything's better when it works together. And, you know, and that's what you're talking about there is, is ads don't operate in a silo within a business. It needs to be part of a, a wider strategy. You know, yep. every, everyone who listens to this podcast probably knows how I bang on about strategy when it comes to video content. And I think what you're hitting on there is so critical is that thinking of your ads on Facebook or any platform that you're advertising on, um, not in a silo as part of a bigger, wider business strategy and making sure that as many of the potential holes or gaps in your strategy are plugged so that you can really capitalize on that, that ad spend. And you know what, you just made me think of something else. Like 
I'm really good at inventing revenue for clients. And so <laughs> inventing, so, love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the ways that we do this is quite often people will come to us to to take over their Facebook ads. And then we'll look at, you know, we'll do an audit of, of their business and we'll look at them and go, oh my God, like your email marketing needs sorting out. And so we we will, you know, sort out their email marketing and then they will start seeing the, the increase in their return on investment for their email marketing. And then we will get them to reinvest that money in their Facebook ads. So we, we, we will, we will tell our clients, we're not going to start your ads until you fix this, this, and this, because we know that you will get more money that you can then put in your ads. But if you if you start with the ads and it's going to a leaky funnel, you're wasting money. So it's really important. I, I suppose when you're talking about, you know, before you are saying people who haven't done ads yet, like what should they be doing? And I'd be like, sort out the landing pages you're going to deliver them to have a good look at your offer see if it is really compelling and something they want and not just the offer in terms of what you're selling but also the initial ways you're getting people into knowing a bit about you and and look at your email marketing because that's that's the that's the transaction media not necessarily facebook ads excellent love it you've shared so much value here today lauren and i just want to wrap up by sharing a bit more about how else you share value, which is through your conference. So can we can we transition and talk a little bit about Click Engage Convert? Because, um, you know, the two years that I've attended as, as, as a speaker as well, I've learned so much from the other speakers um, that, you know, it really blows me away the value that's shared at this conference. So while I've got you on, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, why did you when you've got so much going on, <laughs> why did you take on this idea of starting, you know, what what is basically becoming Australia's best digital marketing conference? You know, you sounded like my husband when you said that. Like, <laughs> why are you doing why? this, Lauren? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I suppose I I I used to travel. Well, I still do, but I haven't last year, and I'm not sure if I'm going in this year yet to social media marketing world in San Diego. And I absolutely love the event. And I actually started being part of their team in terms of assisting them in their community management in the lead up to that event. So I got to see behind the scenes and I was also um, a track leader at the conference a couple of years ago and I loved it. And I just, I wanted to get on the plane every year, but I kind of had my husband also going, why? Why? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's 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 hard on the family, the travel, the time away from the family and the business, plus the expense of going over there. And I was looking around Australia at the time and I was kind of going, you know what, all of the conferences that I was seeing were just like full on pitch fests where you would go there and, you know, you would pay a decent amount for your ticket, expecting that that meant that you were going to get decent value. But then when you got there, it was just a sales fest for something else. Or maybe you'd, or maybe it was just like a really cheap ticket. So already your BS radar was up and then you get in there and it was just confirmed. So I was like, you know, Australia deserves something better than this. They need, they, they, they should have something like social media marketing world. And so I'm not saying that, you know, I'm going to be the social media marketing world of, of the future, but I, I really felt that there was a need and particularly for small businesses. Like there's, a, there's since been a few conferences that have come out, but they're very much like digital marketing and I'm going to show you the latest and the best. And, and they talk about the things that the unicorns, but not the unicorns as in the unicorns that are going to work for everyone. They talk about the exceptions and the stuff that, oh, look at my amazing case study that no one else in the room is going to be able to replicate, but I'm pretty awesome because I did this. And I wanted really practical strategies and 
information tactics and tools that people could take away from the event and implement in their businesses straight away. And I just wasn't seeing it anywhere else. So that's where I'm one of these people where someone else is going to do it. You know, I can bitch and moan about like, I wish it was there or I could do it myself. And so that's what I did. And plus I knew Mm -hmm. some pretty awesome people like you that I knew would support me to do this. And I was like, we've got some amazing talent in Australia. Like, why do I have to travel to the other side of the world for my education when I can just round up some of my, you know, business best buddies (laughs) and get them to come and, and deliver me just as good value. And that's kind of how it's evolved. And it's pretty awesome. I must say. (laughs) Yeah, love it. I mean, and it has been a great event um, for the two years that it's been running. And uh, it is on again next October to 2020. Yep. Um, can you tell us, you know, what's the what's the future? Where Where is this conference going and why should people look at, at coming down to Melbourne in, in October next year? Yeah, so we're, we're really honing in probably even more so next year to make sure that it's it's really targeted the small business owner and the entrepreneurs who are doing their own digital marketing. So we're not, we, and then we haven't all along talked about like, you know, here's what IBM's doing and here's what, you know, all these untouchable kind of strategies that, yeah, well, that's no use to me because I don't have that budget. So we're really, really focusing on getting those types of people in the room and um, which we've kind of had anyway, but we didn't market it that way, but we attracted those people. And then we were like, what the hell are we doing? You know, these are, these are our people, like, let's talk to them. So we've really got tied on that moving forward. And, um, I think it's a bit tough because like we had a really good first year and then I really struggled as to how we were going to outdo ourselves the next year. But from the feedback we got, we clearly did. So we're looking to how can we take it to the next level in terms of, you know, seeking additional sponsors, looking at some new awesome speakers that we can have present and just, you know, adding more value. Like this year we added the virtual ticket. And so like, what else can we do to add more value to the event and get more people exposed to this information? It's so good. Like I hate the fact that, you know, there's other businesses out there that don't have access to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that targeting those, those business owners, those countless business owners out there that are struggling in the world of digital marketing and, and need, need some great advice, need some good education, good learning. I think that's, that's spot on. And, um, you know, I'm really uh, glad to be a part of it as well. Um, for those people listening who who did miss out on 2019, click Engage Convert. As you mentioned there, there is the opportunity to grab a virtual ticket. So just before we let you go, Lauren, can you tell us a little bit about what, what people are going to get if they grab this virtual ticket um, and the, the link to grab that, um, which is basically my affiliate link, just so that you know, is at engagevideomarketing.com slash CEC. So tell us about this virtual ticket. What are they going to get? Yeah, so they're going to get the full length presentations of everyone that attended on the day. So not only are they going to get Ben Amos, they're going to get Kate Toon, um, this uh, SEO and copywriting com- version extraordinaire. They're going to also get Omar talking about Omar Zenhome talking about um, webinars. We've got um, Nicole, Be- oh, I'm going to get her name wrong, Baldini <laughs> talking about podcasting. Uh, we're talking about, um, I'm talking about automation and, um, you know, marketing, digital marketing automation. We've got Sasha Peekle, who's on my team talking about Facebook ads. She's amazing. Uh, there's like this, 
I can't even remember how many presentations there were throughout the day, but it was all just fantastic content. And then what we've also got is our speakers and sponsors have provided some additional resources in there that is, uh, you know, available for those people who purchase the virtual ticket so that they can learn beyond just what was learned about in the day. And it's really interesting because I've just recently gone and I told you about this, Ben, um, the other day, I was, I was actually just driving to a presentation. I was presenting to, um, zero, all of their award winners for the year. They had a, um, they got an education training day and basically I was their prize. <laughs> and so when I'm, I was on the way there and I just had the, the it plain and, and believe me, I wasn't watching the video while I was driving. I was just listening and it was your presentation. And then I got to the presentation that day and I was presenting and suddenly some of your words started coming out of my mouth because, you know, there was just like, even, you know, like I'm learning from it. Everyone's learning from it. You don't, from the, the, it was positioned in such a great way that if there was a newbie and and not very strong marketer in the room, they would get massive value at it. And if there was someone who was a little bit more advanced, they would as well. So that's a really hard kind of balance to achieve, but um, I think we managed to nail it. Yeah. So much value in this. Um, I encourage people to go and check out what is available in the virtual ticket there um, so that you don't miss out on all that learning that was shared at the Click Engage Convert conference in 2019. Um, I'll share that link again very soon, but I just want to say, Lauren, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been a a, a wide-ranging chat. We've gone in a number of different ways and it's um, provided a lot of value for our listeners, I'm sure. Thanks thanks for joining us. It's been absolute pleasure, Ben, and keep doing what you're doing. You provide so much value. You're so rich in you know knowledge and I love that you're sharing it freely via this podcast. Awesome. Hey, quickly, where can people find out more about you and follow what Lauren Bartley's got going on at any given time? Oh, so my, in terms of my digital marketing agency, it's Impactivate, which is impact and then IV and then number eight.com.au. And in, in terms of Click Engage Convert, go to Ben's affiliate link because he deserves to get a return for the awesome effort he put into that. But if you want to check out the conference in terms of tickets, it's clickengageconvert.com. Um, and then I've also got businessaddicts.com, which is my um, podcast and also uh, the co-working space that I've got in Melbourne's West. You are a woman with a lot going on, Lauren. <laughs> I sure <laughs> that am. That makes me tired just as you're listing out your things there. Um, but thanks again, Lauren, uh, for joining me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks again to Lauren Bartley for joining me on this episode. Lauren's great, isn't she? So much energy and so much knowledge to share with us. So I hope you've found value in this episode as well. Now, all the links to everything that Lauren mentioned over in the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 121, 121. And as we mentioned, if you want to get access to the virtual ticket, which includes all of the video recordings of all of the presentations that happen at the Click Engage Convert Conference 2019, you can get access to that right now at engagevideomarketing.com slash CEC. Now, the virtual ticket is just 97 Australian dollars. So a serious bargain for all of the learning that you're going to get access to within those recordings. And so 97 Australian dollars is equivalent to about 65 US dollars or around 50 pounds. So no matter where you are in the world, you can jump in on that virtual ticket opportunity right now at engagevideomarketing.com slash CEC. 
So thanks again for joining me for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I always love to hear your feedback and what you get, get value from in these episodes. So shoot me an email, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com or reach out to me on any of the social media channels, engage underscore Ben. I appreciate you for listening and I'll be back with you next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast.